Our teaching and training passage this morning is from Colossians 3, verse 12. Would you turn, scroll, or look on the screen with me as I read? Colossians 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We pray now that your spirit would open up our hearts, open up our minds to receive what you have for us today. May my words be clear and helpful, burn off anything that um, does not bring you glory and honor and does not help uh, your people this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, this week, Kim noticed a strange sound in our wall. It's kind of a little screech, a little whir. My first response when I hear those noises, ignore it. Maybe it will go away. It didn't go away. It got a little bit louder. So I did a little investigating, tried to trace the sound, and I went downstairs into the basement and the furnace and saw the fan and there was some noise. And then I did the next best thing, YouTube. How can I fix this thing quickly and cheaply? So I saw that one guy had taken a, uh, a, a different kind of vent, and that kind of damped out the sound. I thought, well, that, that sounds pretty good. That's what I normally would do. And then I said, well, it's getting louder, and it's getting louder, and things aren't really bad right now. I mean, the temperature's not bad, but eventually I think it's going to get cold, and we're going to need this thing. So I said, well, maybe I should call somebody who knows a little bit more about the machine than me. Maybe I, instead of trying to do it on my own, maybe I should call somebody who had been trained by those who actually designed and built the machine. So we called the repairman, came over, he removed the old fan, to the, or the old motor to the fan and all that, and then removed that and replaced it with a new one for a nice, tidy sum that I won't say. I wish I could have fixed it on YouTube, but I did not, was not able to do that. But as I was thinking about this remove and replace process, in many ways there are some parallels to our own transformation, our own growth process. Because something in that fan 
was out of alignment. And I believe as we engage in the transformation process, there is something out of alignment in each one of us that we need to address. For the Apostle Paul, spiritual transformation is always a process of putting something off and putting something on. There are attitudes and actions that we have to put off, and there are attitudes and actions that we need to put on. We need to replace bad habits with good habits. Now, in many ways, the Apostle Paul leads us to ask the how questions. How do we actually do this? And we'll get there. But let's deal with the why for just a minute. Why would you actually want to change? Why do you actually want to transform? Why do you actually want to be more like Jesus? I believe that's an important question. At one level, we can give the Sunday school answers and we say, I want to please God. That's always a good thing. I want to be more fruitful. I want to build the kingdom. I want to have more impact. Yes and yes. But I believe there's another reason that we, at least I, overlook when we ask the why question. And I think underneath the text this morning, and really throughout the Bible, there is a vision of joy and peace underneath the transformation process. And I want to dive into that a little bit this morning. There's a vision of joy and peace that we experience when our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our bodies are all aligned, independent of our circumstances. And my friends, I believe this joy is available to each one of us today. Paul invites us to sing, to sing to God with gratitude in our hearts, and to give thanks. Paul practiced what he preached. If you go back to the book of Acts, you see in chapter 16 where Paul and Silas, after they were like stripped and beaten, and their feet are in the stocks, what do they do? They sing. They sing praises to God while they're in jail. And as you look through the Bible, you go back and remember a few years ago we did a series in the book of Nehemiah. And as they're rebuilding the wall and as they're rediscovering God's word, there's a lot of sorrow and there's a lot of mourning. But Nehemiah says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's Nehemiah 8.10. And then David David, the one who often rides the emotional roller coaster. If you're on that roller, roller coaster, that, that's okay. Give God your feelings. Give them to him. But this is what David says in Psalm 63, 5 through 7. He says, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed. And meditate you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. 
My question to you this morning, is this your regular, everyday experience? Or is this just a fleeting thing here and there? Is it something that's elusive? Or is it something that is more the norm for you? I want to suggest to us this morning that just as I heard this noise with the fan, something out of alignment, if there is a lack of joy in your life in a regular basis, it might be something you ought to pay attention to. Because something may be out of alignment. There may be something that is missing the mark. There may be a sin that is simply missing the mark in your life, something that is messed up, something where your heart and your mind are off. Last week, we, we dug into the first part of Colossians 3. We talked about how our hearts and our minds are to be set on things above, not on earthly things. We said that ultimately, you and I are not the center of the universe. The world does not revolve around us, around our wants, our desires, our pleasure, our kingdom, our pride, our lust, our anger, our greed. They all come from the same root. And last week we said, really there's three options. We can try harder. We can just exercise our wills and that may work for a minute and we can, we can tap out, we can, we can give up and simply say, you know what, Lord, you're, you're going to save me, I'm going to go to heaven someday, but in the by and by, I'm just going to live in this. I'm okay with the sins in my life. I'm okay with not being as fruitful as I can be. Or we said finally that we could train together. Last week, I challenged you to memorize Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Anybody take me up on it? Anybody get a little bit of it in there? I hope you did. But there's a training process. We said that we needed to set our hearts and our minds. There was a logic that makes sense and a lens to help us focus. That there's a process of learning to believe to be true that which doesn't feel to be true. And we said the process was one of indirection, that we can't just directly do it, that we need to have some habits where we do what we can to enable us to do what we can't. Talked about the great Peyton Manning and how he, he took the hose to the wet football so he was prepared to defeat the Bears in the Super Bowl. I was thinking this week of another, I'm like on an old movie kick. Remember the Karate Kid? Wax on, wax off, paint the fence, sand the floor. Mr. Miyagi, Daniel LaRusa, this was a process of indirection. Daniel thought, I'm just working for free all summer, but actually these were the karate moves that would enable him to be successful. This was the training process. Now he had no clue what was going on. I hope we have a clue as to the habits that we can actually build. So what does the training look like for us today? What is the paint the fence? What is the sand the floor? I believe there are three steps for us, and the first one is this. We are to renew our minds. Renew your mind. What does that look like? Paul says this. I want to take you back a couple verses. 
Colossians 3, verse 9. He says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. This is an identity passage. This is encouragement to put Christ at the center and Christ at the top of all. That we are being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of our Creator. What this means to us is that our primary identity, what is it not in? It doesn't come from our culture, our ethnicity, our social status, job, bank account, size of your house, your car, your looks, the success of your kids or grandkids, your reputation, your intelligence, your fitness, your social media likes, your retirement account. So what is our identity? Our identity is in Christ. For you died to all those other things. And where is your life now? Your life is now hidden with Christ. Now, we need some training to remember that. That's why I had you memorize that passage. I don't know about you, but there are times when those other things bump up against me. And I may ask the question, who am I? What gives me meaning? What gives me purpose? We need training to bring to this the forefront of our mind, our hearts, and our souls. As we think about these different parts of the body, we talk a lot about the heart. Really excited to to team teach spiritual disciplines with Dean. We have the exact same personality and teaching style, so it should be a lot of fun. (laughs) Same well, different styles. Can't wait to see how God will use our gifts to blend that together. I love the community of believers that we have here and the community of leaders and teachers that work together and share different experiences, different approaches to God's word. But as we think about the self, you have a heart and you have a soul. You got a mind, you got a spirit, you got a body, you got all those things. But when we think of the heart, we always talk about the heart as like the CEO of the self. This is This is the core of who you are. This is your decision maker. And then you have a soul. And in many ways, the the ancients thought of the soul as something that keeps everything aligned. Jesus in Luke 10, 27 says, Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There are these alignment passages in God's word. Over and over, we see some of this in our passage today. But the soul is that which keeps everything in line. So how does this all work? Well, stress comes on at the job. Stress comes on at home, which is a big job. What do you do? Renew your mind. Your life is now hidden with Christ. Anger. 
towards someone who you believe has done you wrong. Renew your mind. We, we prayed. We confessed. What has Jesus done for you? Lust or greed? Renew your mind. What truly satisfies you? When Christ, who is your life, returns, you also will appear with him in glory. That's a vision. I put that next to my lust, my greed. The scales ought to change. Without the word of God on your mind, where will you go? What will fill your thoughts? Culture, all those other things. Your wants, your desires, your own thinking. So we gotta train. We gotta train, we have to fill our minds. I've said it before, but I love the Navy SEAL expression that says nobody rises to the occasion. You sink to the level of your training. What you have on your mind is what you can go back to. So first, we renew our mind. Secondly, we want to run to community. Let me take you back to Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. I want you to think about our culture for a minute. Are we more individualistic or communal? (laughs) Not even a close call. It's all about me. It was really interesting as, as Matt and I were you know, putting the, the confessional prayer together, we said, well, is it an I prayer or is it a we prayer? We said, let's make it both because there's an I and there is a we. But our natural default is to go individual. It's natural. Some of us today, maybe we're in a, in a, in a time in our lives where it's just People wear us out. Maybe there's compassion fatigue. Maybe there's the sense of I'm just tired and I want to be by myself. Anybody there? Sometimes it's a discipline to run to community. What does Paul tell us to do? He says, put on love. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another. Forgive. What does sin do? Sin fractures our relationships. Sin creates distance. As image bearers, we are to live in unity. We are created for community. We are created for community. That's how we're designed. We don't operate in isolation. It's why you can't just consume spiritual content and live in isolation. It's almost like if you're going to, you know, play a game or, you know, football or whatever, and all you do is watch the analyst, and you watch everything getting dissected and 
all that, and you never actually get in the game. You can't practice compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience in isolation. It's a team sport. We work through our conflict. Part of what we're going to do in the series is take three weeks to really dig into how we transform relationships. What's at the core of that transformation process? It's how you walk through conflict sometimes. So we're going to lean into that, excited to help us through that process. But love is what binds us together. I want you to think about this word, love, for a moment. What are you actually putting on? Paul and his, his followers, they actually redefined this term love, this agape. In Greek, they had a bunch of different words for love, but one of them is agape, and it's, a, it's not a feeling, it is an action. It's not something that happens to you. It's an action. 1 John 4, 9 says this, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. This is the picture of love that God's word gives to us. And it's a picture of Jesus. It's what love is. This is what we run to. We run to sacrificing for the good of others. What happens when I run to sacrificing for others? I am running away from my earthly desires. It's hard for those desires and all that to have reign, have control when I am running to, led by the Spirit, loving, serving, laying down my life for others. That's what it's about. What does this look like for you? What, what does your community look like? Is it a group? Is it a class? Is it family? I would invite you to this week, you know, what is my next step? If you need help with that, we can get you connected. Love to see you in that class. Love to see you get connected into a group. It's hard to love without the support of a community. Finally, we need to rejoice together. Three fifteen in the end says, "And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach." And admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So what is at the core of this? What is the message? The message, the word, is Christ. It's the gospel. It's the good news. It's the good news. It's that which dwells within us. That which is at home within us not just in the abstract but in our real experience we actually have the holy spirit dwelling in us romans 8 11 says this if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised christ jesus from the dead 
will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. So what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit reminds us who we are. Reminds us of our core identity. Reminds us that our lives are hidden with Christ. Reminds us that we don't have to chase all those other things. That that is who we are. That is who you are. That is what we see. That is what we focus our attention on. This is what we share. What does that look like? We, we teach, we admonish, we encourage one another. Psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. There's the joy. And then Paul ends it in verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. This is the alignment that we seek. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in his, in his kingdom, under his authority, with joy, giving thanks to the Father through him. Now you may hear these these steps this morning, and you may say, well, that sounds great. Let me just one, two, three it, and it'll all be peachy. Let me walk you through my week real quick. You ready for this? Matt said, just because we're up on a platform doesn't mean we're up on a platform. <laughs> you ever have one of those nights where you just, you're just restless, and you, you, you can't sleep, and, you know, so I went to bed for an hour, kind of woke up, and a lot on my mind, a lot of to-dos, a lot of stress. And I'd like to say, you know what, I just got that verse out, and I just ran it through my mind, and I read my Bible, and I prayed, and everything was perfect. I didn't do that. You know what I did? I went to the freezer, and I saw some ice cream. And I didn't even get a bowl. I just only had a couple scoops. And then I turned on the TV and I found something really uplifting to watch, Rambo Part (laughs) 2. True confession. I like watched an hour and a half of that. I hadn't watched that movie since the late 80s, I think, whenever it came out. And I'm like, why would I eat however much ice cream I ate and watch this stupid movie? I'm sorry, but it's just not a very good movie. I wonder how it's going to end. Why? why, But but for me, that was that sound in the wall. That was that little word that says something's, pay, pay attention. Pay attention. Something's going on here that I need to deal with. So I had to renew my mind a little bit. Now, it took me till the next day to kind of figure it out. Sometimes I don't really understand what God's doing until I look in the rear view. I don't see it through the windshield. So I get up the next day, and I'm like, go to my small group at 6.30 in the morning, men's group, which is great. Ironically, teaching on this passage, all these other things, the disconnect, I don't know how it happens sometimes. That's just the way it is. 
But I'm in this process of renewing my mind. Got to put these, you know, what, what, what's really going on here? And I run to community. Now, I'd like to say, you know what, I just came and I said, well, you know, guys, I'm, I'm having this fun. I didn't say that. I just listened to one of the guys in my group. A guy named Cat Music. And Cat and his, um, another guy from our church, Hector, they've got this just amazing little startup ministry. They're going to, they're in El Salvador right now. They're, they're reaching some guys. It's just really awesome what's going on. And, I, and what I see in Cat, I see this big, huge smile as he describes it. And I'm like, this dude has joy. There is a joy to what he's doing. If, if I said, Kat, you, you guys can go to Vegas for 48 hours, do whatever you want. I'll give you all the money you want. He would look at that and say, that's disgusting. I want to go serve the Lord. And there's joy in that adventure. That whole verse about spurring one another on, I was spurred on. I'm like, oh, good night. I run to community. I see in Kat this joy. Then I'm reading a couple other things. We, uh, Matt does a wonderful job every Wednesday, leads us through a psalm, takes us through some activities. We sing. He still says he can teach me to sing. I don't know. But one of the uh, verses in the psalm, Psalm 36, 8, uh, let them drink from your river of pure joy. My mind was renewed. I'm running to community. Rejoicing together. We got to sing together as a staff. We actually do that on Wednesdays. It's, I wouldn't record it, but we do it. When we come together here, what are we doing? You're not just a spectator. We're rejoicing together. Rejoicing together. We sing together. We, we renew our minds. We're together and we can see the Lord Jesus more clearly. Now, right now, we, we've got an opportunity to do that. I want to invite you to the communion table. And, and when we come to the communion table, it's, it's for followers of Jesus. Doesn't mean you have it all figured out, but we invite those who are made a commitment to Christ, who are following Jesus, to receive the bread and the cup. And what we do. And I don't know what your week's been like. I don't know if you can relate to my crazy story. I don't know where God is pulling at you. I don't know what that noise is. I don't know what it is that you need to remove and replace. But this morning, we rejoice together and we celebrate. Because we remember what Jesus did for us. We remember that on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he, he broke it. And after giving thanks, he, he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. So may we receive the bread together. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup. He says, this, is, this represents my blood. This is blood that will be shed for the forgiveness of of your sins. This is the blood of the new covenant. Just as we receive the bread, may we receive the cup together. May we do this in remembrance of Christ. God's word tells us as often as we eat the bread and drink the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death 
and we look forward to his return. And as we look forward to his return, that's in the by and by, that's in the not yet, but right now, my friends, we can celebrate that we have the presence of the Holy Spirit in us to remind us who we are. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your peace. And we thank you for the joy that in us that we can now celebrate. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.